Welcome to Required Listening. I'm your host, Scott Goldman, Executive Director of the Grammy Museum. Every week, we talk to artists, songwriters, and producers at every level, from emerging to legendary, across every genre, in front of a live audience in the Clive Davis Theater at the Grammy Museum. The discussions are intimate, personal, and completely unscripted. These conversations never fail to surprise me, and I think you'll feel the same way. Today on Required Listening, you'll hear my recent interview with Julia Michaels following the release of her debut mini-album, Nervous System. Over the last few years, Julia Michaels has written hits for some of the biggest artists in pop music. Justin Bieber, Gwen Stefani, Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, Haley Steinfeld, and Ed Sheeran, among many others. We'll hear about her thoughtful approach to writing pop music that she calls musical therapy. Rather than a genre with defined boundaries and rules and sounds, she looks at pop as the best place to experiment and establish new trends and, frankly, have fun. And that approach certainly seems to be working. Millions of songs sold, billions of streams later, her uniquely subversive approach to pop music is everywhere. But that's when it gets really interesting. So let's go to the Clive Davis Theater at the Grammy Museum and listen to my conversation with Julia Michaels. Would you please welcome Julia Michaels? Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Good. You can just talk directly to them. I, I'll just sit here and you know watch. That's not a problem. Um, thank you so much for coming down and chatting for for a little while. We appreciate it. So. So I'm wondering, this, this mini-album, as you call it, some yeah. people would call it an EP, but we'll call it a mini-album. Mini-album. Um, is, there, is there a hint in the title, Nervous System? Is this somehow about how you... Nervous de- I am? No, 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 no. But one's, one's nervous system is a way that you kind of be in touch with the world and your environment. Yeah. And I'm wondering if this kind of explains a little. Well, I called it nervous system because I am a nervous system. And two, because all of my songs on my EP or my mini album are kind of interconnected like mm-hmm. a nervous system. They all go together. Hmm. I mean, you've been very straight up that the, these songs are true. Very. These are about you. Yes. And, and so <laughs> um, and, uh, I'm wondering, is this, is this your way of kind of feeling your way around your world? I wrote a nervous system in a span of two months. I had gone through a really horrible breakup uh, with someone that I was with for a really long time. And I was asked a lot of questions because I do write songs all the time. If they were songs that I had pulled from my catalog or written for other people uh, and thought, oh, I'll just take this and put it on my mini album but uh-huh. no these are all very in the moment and of the moment uh, and everything that I was feeling yeah and it's it's a lot different because I've talked to many songwriters who when it comes time to to write a, an album or a mini album or whatever you know they'll go back and kind of pick through whatever they've been writing and say oh totally. yeah this all works and here's here's 10 songs that right. work this was not it's really hard. that it's hard to write for yourself sometimes you know when you when you're a songwriter and you write for other people it's easy to say what you want to say when you're saying it through somebody else's voice you know so it's not 
directly coming from you. Yeah. You're saying exactly what you want to say, but you're just not using yourself to do it. Yeah, and, and, and when it comes to making your own music, you're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. It's my now turn. I have to talk now about I me. have to say this yeah. from my point of view. And, and that's, I mean, that's what interests me a little bit, particularly in terms of how you work, because I think how you work with other artists informs very much what comes out of you as an artist. So when you are writing with that whole incredible list of people that I went through, how does that work? What's the first thing you do when you sit down with someone to write a song? Uh, it depends on the person. Uh, a lot of the times I'll just talk to them. I mean, we're all human. We all cry the same. We all bleed the same. Um, so, you know, I just, I try to make people feel as comfortable as possible to be able to tell me things. You know, even if, yeah. even if the artist that I'm with doesn't write, uh, just having them talk is lyrics uh, in itself. Mm. You know, them explaining their day or expressing how they feel. It's like, that's amazing. We should write that. Yeah. That's how you're feeling. We should write that. Uh, so it just depends on the day and who I'm with, really. I think you've referred to it as musical therapy. It is. I mean, you're you're trusting someone you've never met to, you know, basically bear everything in front of. Writing with someone new can be so nerve-wracking. I still get really nervous when I write with someone new. I just actually did a song that just came out, uh, this song called I Miss You with Clean Bandit. And... <laughs> Thanks, guys. That Obviously, someone has heard this song before. <laughs> that means a lot. Thank you. And that was actually our first session together. And that just happened a couple months ago. And I was so nervous that I walked in. I was like, if you could just play some chords, that would be awesome. And I, I wrote the song, and he, he timed it at 47 minutes. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go now. <laughs> really nice to meet you. <laughs> Bye. Done, and thank you. And then we didn't see each other until we shot the music video. So, so <laughs> but here's, but here's, here's what I love about that. And here's my, here's my question. So the process of writing, yeah. it's an incredibly collaborative thing. It is. You yeah. have to be able to kind of open yourself up to that other person and you know kind of get inside their head a little bit Completely. but yet be able to work with them. Completely. What is it what is it about you that makes you a good collaborator? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> best uh, best answer I've had all year. <laughs> I love that. Uh, um I think when it comes to artists I, I listen and that's really important. That's a, that, that's a good one. A lot yeah. of the times yeah. with artists, and and actually seeing it firsthand, you know, there's just there's so much going on, and there's a lot of people that care, but there's a lot of people that don't really care. So you know, when you're in such an intimate setting, and someone is just literally talking to you, and it's like there's nothing nothing else. Don't even worry about the fact that we're here trying to write something because we're human, and if we don't get something, then who cares? Mm -hmm. A lot of the times I feel like a lot of people in this industry feel like if they express how they feel, they're burdening somebody with their problems. Because they feel like, oh, I'm famous, like blah, 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 blah. People are going to be like, oh, congrats, you look pretty all the time. And, right. You know, oh, it's so hard. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. easy. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think a lot of the times people just think that 
people don't care. Mm. Um, and I'm the kind of person that does. Yeah. And here's the, here's the thing about that. So you have this opportunity to sit with another artist and, and you write a song and it's your words and it's, yeah. and it's your emotion to mm-hmm. a certain degree. Totally. And yet then you walk away. Yeah. You know, even with the, the Clean Bandit song, I'm... I'm not a very confrontational person. I've never really been. I I have been as of late, um, but I've never. <laughs> okay, this yeah, is good. This is good to know for, for this is good to know for I me. Have to stand I appreciate up for that. Myself. Yeah. Um, so writing for me has always been a sort of release. When I'm in there, when I like when I wrote the Clean Bandit song, I I went in the booth and I just sang everything that I was feeling in that moment. And after I finished, after I knew in my brain that it was complete, it was like going in there with an inhale and coming out with an exhale. It's huh. very cathartic and very releasing for me. So, so you kind of get to unburden yourself completely through other people. See, but the funny thing that's is... That's really cool. The funny thing is, is when you write for other people, you get to have that exhale and leave it there. I now have to sing these songs and relive these memories all the time. Hold, hold on. So, all right. Like, so, ah! But that's... <laughs> but that's, that's it. I mean, I've, I've, I can't tell you how many artists that I've talked to, songwriters, yeah. who say, you know... You gotta think a little bit about what you're writing because you gotta sing that every night. Yeah, you do. And to kind of get engaged in that, whatever the moment was, whatever right. the misery, the trouble, the challenge, the issue, right. n- no pun intended. Um, <laughs> I know what I'm doing here. Um, you, you literally have to engage with that every night. Every night. But, you know, if anything, I relive it, yeah, but but then I realize how strong I am for getting out of it. Hmm. And you know, each each day and each you know month and each year is different, and and with that comes a different perspective yeah. from the song. You know, um, what a song means to me now could mean something completely different to me yeah. in six months. So you went through all of this songwriting, and 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 you're writing for these other artists, and you're yep. you know you're you're kind of getting your stuff out through these other folks, and then you write this song, issues. Yeah. So what happened when you tried to give that away? Well, actually, I had written that song uh, about a year before it had I had even decided that I wanted to put it out. Mm. Uh, I'd written it in a camp. Uh, for an artist, and it was a day that my boyfriend and I at the time had gotten a really horrible fight about something so stupid, and he just made me feel like a piece of shit all day. Sorry to the kids in the audience. Um, I have a horrible mouth. I'm really trying to keep it together for you guys. (laughs) You're doing great. You're doing great. (laughs) Thanks. Um, And... um, I had written that song, and it was actually cut by a couple different people. And it just dawned on me one day that I didn't want to give that song to anybody because of the reason why I had written it. I've always put myself into a little bit of everything that I write, but that was such a personal story, and I can't Mm. tell you the real story. Unless we're not on camera, then I probably can, but... We are, so. Um. <laughs> you, you can whisper it to us later. Yeah. Uh, and so that one really 
really struck a nerve with me. Yeah. And I had met Charlie Walk through Haley Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. I had, I was working on the EP with her. We actually did her whole first EP together. And Charlie, when Charlie met me, he walked into the studio and he looked at me and he pointed at me very sternly, like like your dad does when you're in trouble. Yeah, I I think you, I think you said he gave you the dad stare. Yeah, he he really did. And he looked at me and he was like you're an artist. And I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> and he was like, no, you're an artist. And it was the first time that anyone had looked at me first glance and said that to hmm. me. And I had never really had that before. I've never really been much of a confident person. And I think it took something like that to sort of hit me over the head and be like, yeah, I've been suppressing something that I want because I'm so insecure and hmm. self-conscious. And then, so Charlie convinces you yes. That, yes. that you are an artist. And then I sent him the song, and I said, Charlie, what do you think of this? And he goes, well, what do you want me to think of this? And I was like, well, what if we put it out? Uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know anything about this side of things. Um, he was like, yeah, let's do it. And then it was... Just it was just everywhere. Kaboom. It was crazy. Yeah. Smash. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Did you have any sense? No clue. <laughs> no clue. But it was it was amazing. And when and and when that happened and it's and people started to react, um, a sense of self confidence for you? Did you all of a sudden start to believe that you were in fact an artist? You know, I convince myself every day that I'm good enough. Um, we all do that. Right? Don't we? <laughs> if anything, if anything, this year, what I've learned the most yeah. is how connecting music is. Mm. You know, being a songwriter, you never really see that. You're never in the forefront, so you don't see how you influence people. Mm. And we we just performed in France a couple months ago, and... It was crazy. It was 10,000 people that don't really speak the same language. And, I mean, singing all of the words to issues. And it was just, it was amazing. Yeah. So it's just incredible how how far music can go and and how how much it can touch people. You know, and but that's that's one of the things I think that has been, has been discussed about you is that you are... You know, very open about who you are and who you, what the challenges are around you, and and that people sometimes seem to struggle with that a little bit. That yeah. that they don't get that about yeah. you. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I am. Too bad. Too bad. Yeah. For, but but I'm wondering for for you in that you know particularly song like issues and and there's there's a whole thing about the construction of the song that I, that I wanted to talk about because I think it turns pop music upside down, but um, um, I'll get to that. It's a good thing. I'll get to that. But the, the, the whole thing about being very open about your vulnerability mm-hmm. and, and for you, is there a power in that? Oh, completely. You know, especially as a woman, I think, I think we're always sort of typecast as the crazy, over-emotional uh, type, you know, and I don't see that as a weakness. I like, I can openly talk about how I feel. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Why is that bad? Yeah. 
and and I have to ask you because I think there was there was a songwriter that you worked with, and I'm going to butcher her name, Shelly Shelly Pikin. Shelly Pikin. Shelly yeah. Pikin. Who she she gave you some advice. Oh, dare to suck. Is exactly. That- <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Dare to suck. Yes. What? But but <laughs> I, I, that struck me. What did that mean to you? Yeah, I met Shelly uh, like three or four years ago, and she said that term to me when it was like, she was like, okay, this could be really stupid. I'm going to dare to suck here. And I was like, that is amazing. And I've just kind of kept that in my brain when I write. And luckily, I write with the same people all the time. Uh, So when I say ridiculous things, they don't look at me like I'm a crazy person. So dare to suck is basically like, I'm going to just say this and this could be insane but sometimes the craziest things lead to the best things yeah yeah and, and you know and and it's look it's obviously your personal life is very much kind of part of your your subject matter yes. and and i've read things about you where where if things are going too well for you panic <laughs> full panic <laughs> I love this. I love this. You might just throw throw a little wrench in the gears. Yeah. Just to give yourself something to write about. Yeah, I, I poor kid. I used to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if things were too good, I'd, I guess it was kind of like, what's wrong? Something's wrong. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm too happy. Yeah. <laughs> what's God happening? knows I don't want to be too happy here. Yeah. <laughs> So, Horrible. So, so here's the other thing, and I talked about this, um, the, the issues, okay? So yeah. the sound of that song, mm-hmm. to me, okay, old guy, mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Um, but, but listening to the song, to me, it completely subverts the pop sort of construction. Yeah. It doesn't have, you know, I'm waiting for the big chorus with the boom, right. boom, boom, here it comes. It never comes. Yeah. Never happens. Mm-mm. And you know what? It makes it better. Yeah, that, because I'm anticipating something that doesn't doesn't come. It, it kind of makes me tune in to it. Right. Tell me about how you constructed that song. I've never I've never really been the kind of person to follow trends, and when issues came out, that was really big. Uh, that sort of big chorus, yeah. big drop yeah. Yeah. situation, and I've just never done anything um, normal. You know, I just always do what I want to do. When we did issues. We actually started with the string sound, mm-hmm. and I had issues written down in my notepad uh, in my, on my phone. I never write anything down. So when I had that, I was like, oh, interesting. And we wrote it in, in about an hour, and then basically we wrote it to that and just like a, a snap and a kick, and, and then that yeah. was it. Yeah, because, I mean, in the writing and recording of that song, mm-hmm. it, it strikes me that every time you had the chance... To do the predictable thing, you didn't. I'm not and and I'm wondering if that was if that was if that was really in your mind as you're going through this. You know, we could go into the big pre-chorus, we could do the big chorus thing here, we could do no. the drop, whatever. And you didn't do. I'm that. not that calculated when I write. I'm all heart when I write. So I don't think about the algorithm of a song or yeah. you know the the mathematics of a song. I just think like this feels good to me, and just kind of go with that. And, you know, and the other thing about, particularly in pop music, mm-hmm. and particularly in, in your position, and I want, to, I want to get your opinion about this, you know, oftentimes labels in particular yeah. will want to put you with every hot producer. Totally. And kind of, you know, create something for you. Right. In a sense. Have you resisted that? 
Well, I actually haven't haven't experienced that. I think because I've been a songwriter for so long, mm. uh, they never they never tried to push anything on me. I was already working with some amazing people, uh, and I had been for a really long time. So they didn't have to push anything on me or anything like that. Yeah. Plus, I always tell people to f off. Like I, <laughs> I just <laughs> don't care. <laughs> so, so after issues, there's another song. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, and you've called that completely genreless. Yeah. Like it doesn't have a genre. No. What What does that mean? It kind of has elements of everything. Mm-hmm. So you can't really box it. Yeah. yeah. And you prefer it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think a lot of music nowadays is becoming genreless. And look, you've worked with some pretty big pop artists, whether it's Selena Gomez or Justin Bieber or, you know, Nick Jonas. I mean, these are people working in the pop world for sure. Yeah. Do, but do you find that um, confining? No. Well, no. No. Not at all. If anything, I mean, pop is the best place to change music and make trends. And How so? How so for you? Uh, well, I mean, you know, we can take from anything. I mean, hmm. pop, I just feel like pop is the place where you can just be experimental and yeah. have fun. You work with um, a guy named Justin Tranter. Tranter. <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah. My hero. Justin Tranter fans yeah. are here tonight. As they how should did, be. How'd you meet him? How'd you meet Justin? I met Justin in a session, actually, my day-to-day at the time put us together and his publisher. I had been working with the same people a lot and I was like, this feels really monotonous and I'm just, I don't feel creative right now. Like I don't feel inspired. So my day to day was like, let's do a week of new sessions. And if it works, awesome. If not, you have your people you can go back to, no problem. So he was my first session and I show up. He is in heels and a parachute outfit, full makeup. Just fabulous. And you know, um, I, I had that all prepared for tonight. Yeah, did I, you? You should you should have. I did not Sexy. Um, <laughs> uh, and he he wanted to write something that was like 90s in vogue. And I was like, let's not. Please. <laughs> and I texted I texted Alyssa my day-to-day and I, mm-hmm. said, I was like I can't do I don't I this isn't my style I like I, I don't know what, what I'm doing and she was like shut the hell up do the session and I was like okay and oh my gosh like it's a whole story I almost got beat up by somebody it's like we were walking the street I was like wearing this full winter coat in 90 degree weather because I have no concept of temperature and <laughs> And this woman, so Justin was like, he was like, why are you wearing a full winter coat? And, and I just kind of flung my arms up like, eh, I don't know, this, this is what I do. And this woman from across the street thought that I was being like, come at me. <laughs> and so we hear someone talking behind us and we're just going about our day. And we turn around, and she looks at Justin. She's like, looks like your little girlfriend here is trying to start problems. And I look at her, and I was like, me? (laughs) Are you talking to me? Yeah. And so we were like, we were just like, okay, I don't know what just happened. But we started, we were just laughing. And she's like, yeah, B, keep laughing. And I was like, I'm going to get beat up. I was like, I don't know what to do. And Justin's like, I got you. Don't. 
don't worry. And we just ran across the street as fast as we could. By the way, this is Justin. <laughs> this is Justin in heels. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it was a real bonding experience yeah. for us. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> and then I ended up hiding in a closet because it was my first session, and I of course get unbelievably terrified when I write with new people. He gave me a, a title, and I was like, "Can I just sit in there?" And he was like, "You, you mean the hall closet?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah, there." And uh, I ended up writing like a verse in the chorus to the song and coming out and he was like oh you're psychotic but it's totally fine <laughs> <laughs> we're cool <laughs> but you guys i mean you guys have really found a groove to yeah. you know together Are, when, when you write we with just Justin... celebrated four years together uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> thank you congratulations <laughs> thanks when you guys write together, um, is there a division of labor in terms of is somebody writing the melody? Is somebody writing the top line? How does that yeah, work? Yeah, we've we've developed a, like a very good technique together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's good cop. I'm bad cop. Good to know. Uh, so a lot of the time, like if we're with an artist and you know it doesn't happen all the time, thank God, but sometimes someone will have an idea or a lyric and it's like. And, um, and uh, so what we like to do when it comes to artists, uh, just certain artists, or certain moments, I should say, he'll kind of be like, hi, and then I'll be over there like changing everything. <laughs> so it's just like full deflection. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. That's right. Uh, Don't look at the man in the, you know, I got a shiny um, thing over here. When it comes to when we write for, for my stuff, um, since, we, since we started together, he always has let me write as if I was the artist because mm. um, he's always kind of felt that about me. And so a lot of the times, he'll let me sort of write the bulk of it. And then if there's things that I can't fully piece together, he, he'll come in and be like, yeah. okay, let's yeah. do this. But a lot of the times he'll just fully let me get all my emotions and all my ideas out of my body. And then we'll kind of fix everything together. Do you guys work quickly? Is, is oh, that, yeah. Com you don't, don't labor over things. No, no. The day we wrote Uh-huh, we had gone through, I think, three ideas that day. And we were just like, nope, that's not good. Nope, that's not good. And then we, uh, and then we finished that one and we are like, okay. This is great. Done. This is so much fun. Do, do you get involved with, um, you know, kind of uh, sonics and production in terms of how things Definitely. sound? I have a very easily stimulated mind. I can't write to things that are, uh, that are super intense or fully formed mm. because then I can't hear melodies. I need everything in the track and around me to be very simple. Yeah. I can't be in a room with everybody singing melodies at the same time, or I'm just like, I need you <laughs> to just... <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely done that before. So I, a lot of the times I just need everything to be very simplistic yeah. uh, for me to write to. And once, once you write these things and you kind of get them buttoned up in the yeah. studio, particularly if they're your songs, yes. then you gotta go out and perform them. Mm. And and you've been you've been very upfront about Safe, right? uh, yeah, well yeah um that you know you got a little you got some anxiety issues uh -huh. okay fair enough <laughs> yes. but but also I don't I don't know that you were ever 
absolutely sure that you wanted to be the artist. It's not that I wasn't sure. It's just that I've never been confident enough to allow myself to say it out loud. Did Charlie help you get there? I think a lot of people have helped me get there. Yeah. Um, I mean, my manager, Becca Tishka, she's been with me for six years. I mean, she's always believed in me. Yeah, you can clap. That's a big clap. And, you know, this year, a lot of people have come into my life. I mean, even my band, Dan Cantor, who, uh, who's my guitar player and mm -hmm. my MD. I met him in Nashville earlier this year. Yeah. Because I was just, I was trying to find, you know, someone. We love to... those Nashville guitar players. Come on. He's now. actually from Canada. Uh, and we, well, them, we met well, well, them too. in Nashville. He had uh, gone on tour with a couple artists, and he was really good friends with someone at Universal. Mm. And put us in contact and he's been with me since the beginning of the artist uh, transition and I don't even I do I can't even do it without him at this point yeah. he's he's like my safety net when I perform so there's a lot of people in my life especially this year that have that have made me feel comfortable and confident mm -hmm. and 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 how are you doing with that these days we were talking upstairs you're about to go out oh on, I'm, I'm exhausted on tours, you're, yeah <laughs> I don't sleep <laughs> Ever. <laughs> uh, but it's awesome. Like I said, you know, every day gets easier and easier. Yeah. So I'm interested in in the work as a songwriter transitioning now to being, yeah. you know, to being the, the artist. You drop the mini album. Mm -hmm. You've been out playing a little bit. Yes. What have you learned about yourself as an artist? What have I learned about myself? I mean, I've always been... Uh, the kind of person that wears my heart on my sleeve. I've always been sort of unapologetically myself. I'll meet someone uh, and I'll start crying. And that's just <laughs> who I am. Uh, so I don't know if I've really learned anything about myself as an yeah. artist. If anything, it's solidified who I am mm. as a person. Are there, are there other artists that you look up to as, as oh, yeah. either songwriters or performers? Uh, I've always been uh, super influenced by Pink. Hmm. She's, um, hmm. yeah. Why? What, 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 is it, what is it about Pink? Well, one, she's a badass. Let's True be enough. real. True enough. Uh, Saw her on the Grammys that year where she was like flying from the rafters. It okay. Was, I, it was redonkulous. I'm fully going to fangirl out here for a second. All right. We're going to get close. Yeah. I saw her perform at where were we dan iheart vegas yeah okay you think the 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 acrobatic okay uh -huh. she was in this belt where she wasn't just flipping upside down she was flipping like 360 degree and angles. singing okay but the, the best part she literally like going all the way around the arena and then at one point they launch her all the way to the top and then she she flips down, so she, her head is down, and and then just dives into the crowd and right right above someone's face, like right here. And I'm my I mean I my jaw was fully dropped. I might have peed myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was amazing. And I'm <laughs> truly she, yeah. I'm, I mean she did this thing on the Grammys, and the whole time I'm looking at it, going worst case scenario. Oh my god, yeah. what is yeah? It was crazy. Yeah. Dan had crazy. to close my jaw. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> Jules. <laughs> yeah. So so she's so. Would you ever do that? 
Like hanging from the ceiling? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'll leave that to the professionals. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> who else? Besides Pink, who else? Who, who, um, do you, who do you admire? There's so many people. I love Fiona Apple. Um, hmm. I, love, uh, I love a lot of artists that are not afraid to say what they want to say. Uh, I love artists that write their own music. Yeah, I I, I read something that you have an uh, you know an, an admiration for Laura Marling. Yeah, Laura Marling. Yes. Why? What What is it about? Same. Because she's not as same well thing. known as Pink. No. Per se. Uh, same. Uh huh. Just very, very much from her point of view. Very much whatever she wants to do. Yeah. Uh, and plus, her voice is so haunting and. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. And and there's one guy, and I have to ask you about this because sure. you used the bass line yes. from Psycho Killer in a song called Bad Liar. I did. And you've talked about your admiration, and I admire this guy as well. Who, and who I'm doesn't? old. Um, <laughs> David Byrne. David Byrne. What what is it about David Byrne that inspires you? I mean, sonically, he was just so ahead of his time. I mean, once in a lifetime and Burning Down the House. I mean, they, they're songs that if they were on the radio now, they would feel current. Mm. They're just timeless. So he makes timeless songs, and they're just so unique and just push so many boundaries. It's just, it's just yeah. awesome. Yeah, of all the bands that we need a retirement tour, Talking yes. Hits. I'm just saying, just putting it out there, Talking Heads, one more time. That would, that be, would be I don't think it'll ever happen, but I think it would be cool. Um, um, <laughs> you also had, you also had uh, you know, a number of, of, for lack of a better term, mentors. Yeah, um, I did. Uh, you, you met Jolene Bell. I did. Uh, when, when you were young, who led you to Lindy. Yes. Um, uh, who ultimately, you know, Becca kind of came into your life. Talk yes. about what these, what these women meant to you. You know, I don't think it's necess it necessarily has to do with them being a woman. It has to do with their expertise, mm. which Lindy is still to this day one of my favorite songwriters. I mean, she really taught me everything that I know. You know, I used to think that you had to go in with a concept and be ready and just always be on and ready to go. And when I met her, she'd be like, how are you doing? I'm like, well... You know, I'm okay. She, no, no, what's what's happening? Oh, well, you know, this and that and this and that. She'd be like, you know, we should write about that. Hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do that. Did that kind of lead you in, a, in a, um, a kind of down a different path in terms of thinking about songwriting? Completely. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was always afraid to put myself into things because hmm. um, people wouldn't care until I met Lindy. And then I realized that people want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And, you know, you realize that you have so much more in common with people than you think you do. That's another thing I've learned throughout this process. Mm. So I read something fascinating about you, that, that there, was, there were points over the last few years where you were writing something like incredibly prolific, like three songs a day. Oh my gosh! Don't do that. Well, well, I mean, the question is, the question is, where did 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 sleeping and eating? No, like, you know, was that in, was that involved as well? I, I mean, what what was driving you? Oh, so many things, you guys. So, you know, Justin and I were doing well. First, first, I was signed to a publisher when I was nineteen, and when you're nineteen and you're just starting out, you don't realize that you can say no to people. So 
I was just in sessions all the time. She would put me in everything, and I didn't realize that I could say no. And that's actually hmm. how, uh, how Becca came into play. Lindy was signed to a company called AAM, and hmm. Becca was a manager there. And she was like, you need to meet Becca. You need to meet somebody who's going to stick up for you and someone that's going to say no for you because you clearly don't know how to do it for yourself. And I met Becca... And I showed up in an Iowa Hawkeye sweatshirt. Um, I was born in uh, Davenport, Iowa, but um, raised in LA. And I show up to our meeting in the sweater, and she's she's thinking like, "Oh, is she trying to impress me?" Like, she's like, "Why are you wearing that?" I was like, "I'm from Davenport." She's like, "I'm from Dubuque," and those are oh. neighboring towns for the people that don't know Iowa. <laughs> and uh, we just we hit it off instantly. Yeah, I was like, "Where's the pen? <laughs> Let's do this." <laughs> you know, and so so we've been talking about you know writing with all these big artists, and you oh got... wait, but but wait, okay, so. So okay, I love but this then, part. then I started doing doing more sessions again because Justin and I had written two songs in night sessions, and we never do I I never do night sessions because I'm why I'm an early person. I like to get up and start you. my day and do a twelve to six, and then go home and eat lots of candy and <laughs> watch Stranger Things. <laughs> 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 Uh, so we just never do night sessions, and it it went. Th- we went through a time where we started to do them because we had written "Sorry" in a night session, and then a week later we wrote a song with this artist Kygo called "Carry Me" in a night session, and we were just like, "Shoot, do we now have to just start doing night, night sessions, sessions along with our day sessions?" Ah! So then we started doing them all the time because we were just like, "Oh my gosh, there's clearly something working here." Full paranoia. Don't do that, you guys. <laughs> Horrible. Um, so all of these sessions, and you're working with these artists, and now you got this issues is out in the mini album, and, and there are hits or whatever. But this was not overnight. And and I no. think it's, I think it's important. You know, you talk about you know I got put in this session, I got put in that session. Totally. There's a ton yeah. of rejection and struggle 100%. that comes with this. Talk a little bit about the early years of this right. and and the challenges you faced you know i think i faced uh i faced a lot of ageism actually doing this uh so young you know people mm. don't really want to uh take a chance on someone that's new and not ex- experienced they don't think that you have anything to say mm. uh which you know i'm so grateful for the people that that did do that you know because i wouldn't be here without them but I faced a lot of that, but you know, I never really saw it as 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 a disadvantage. I always saw it as I'm going to prove you guys all yeah. wrong that I can do this. I I know I can do this. Yeah. So fair fair warning. Going to ask for a couple questions from the house here in okay. in, in a minute. But tell me tell me because I'm always interested in this. First time you heard one of your songs on the radio. Where were you? Uh, first time I heard uh, which one? Pick one. First time you heard your song, my song, anything you wrote, another artist, whatever. Okay. Well, the first time, the first time I ever heard one of my songs that I've written mm-hmm. on the radio was uh, "Miss Moving On" with Fifth Harmony. I was nineteen. And I knew they were going to play it on Kiss FM, so I was driving around in my car. Waiting for it. <laughs> waiting for it. <laughs> it was my, it was the first <laughs> song. And uh, they ended up doing an acoustic version 
on the show live and I had to pull my car over and I was just hysterically crying. Uh, and then it happened this, the same exact thing, well, not the same exact thing, but the same thing happened with issues. I was sitting in traffic and I was flipping through uh, stations and then I put on Kiss FM and it was the first time I had heard it. And my initial reaction was turn to the person n next to me and be like, oh my God. And then I was like, no one's here. <laughs> 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 so I was just sitting in traffic crying, very Is excited it? for myself. <laughs> That's such an <laughs> that's such a Los Angeles story. It's so ridiculous. I've heard this from other from other artists who happen to be based in Los Angeles. And yeah. Inevitably, it's in your car, and then they burst yeah. out crying. Yeah. So the next time you see somebody crying in their car, they could <laughs> be why, the next guys. great songwriter. That's why. Just FYI. Yeah. Um, okay. So do we have a question or two from the house? Yes. Right. Oh here. hi! I can see right, everybody. Right here. Oh, thanks. Um, I made you these. You did? Oh my gosh. They're beanies. Oh. And then I wanted to ask how has the wider reach or exposure impacted your day to day life? Um, how has it impacted my life? I mean, uh, Thank you so much. That's so nice. That's so nice. Thank you. Of course, I didn't get um, one, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Kitty. Kitty. Um, Go. <laughs> if anything, if anything, it showed me how much love there is out there. Um, I know that sounds super cheesy. I did uh, this Linkin Park tribute um, mm. uh, uh, about Good a week for you. ago. Good for you. Yeah, I had written a song with them called Heavy, and you know, it was it was a celebration of life. And I went out there and I was jumping and smiling, and I was like, you know, th like I'm here for him. And I got a lot of backlash uh, for doing so, and. I was there to celebrate his life, not mourn his death. Mm. And, you know, I, I put a, a message out on Twitter explaining why I was doing that. You know, uh, when I met Chester, he was so fun and outgoing and didn't take himself too seriously. And I loved that about him. Uh, and so I wanted to just embody that for him. And for every hate message that I had gotten, I had gotten 20 more that were saying, you know, you did great, I love you. Hmm. And that was amazing. Uh, if So if anything, it showed me how how real people are, how supportive people are, and and how how much love there is. Nice. Who else? Yes, right here. Um, so you wrote one of my favorite songs, like, ever, with, my, like, one of my idols, Ed Sheeran. Oh, thanks. So what was the experience, like, writing Working with Ed. This is actually one of my favorite stories because I'm so crazy. Um, uh, so I had actually written uh, a couple times with Ed. He was kind of working with some new people, and uh, I met him through uh, producer Benny uh, Blanco, who I did issues with. And Ed was doing a camp in uh, Malibu with all of the people that he works with, like his core people. And he had asked me to come. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I would love to come. Uh, and so I was the only new person, I was horrified. It was around the time that I was going through a lot of anxiety because I had just written a few songs that had uh, done really well. And so I was feeling a lot of pressure and with that comes a lot of anxiety. And he had cameras following everybody. And I was, <laughs> we were writing, uh, I was writing with 
uh, Foy Vance, and he comes over with the cameras, and my eyes just go. <laughs> and I slowly backed away, and I ran into Benny's room. I had a full panic attack. He put ice in my hands um, in, in order to distract my brain from what, what was happening. And he kept me in his room with him for two days. Uh, he was like, you don't have to go out there. You don't have to be around cameras. He completely shielded me and protected me from it because he knew how horrified I was. And the first day that that happened, I had started the course of dive, uh, the melody. And then I was like, I'm so beat. I'm so drained just from all of this anxious energy. I was like, I have to leave. So I drove home. And the next day, I came back, and Ed was like, I love that course. Let's finish it. And we finished it together. So, you know, anxiety sucks, but sometimes huh. it works out huh. really well. Huh. <laughs> so um, so last question. Um, and I'm going to uh, a quote of yours. Okay. I always use the feeling of not being good enough as my driver yeah. to be good enough. Yes. Still the case? Oh, always. Yeah. How so? You know, I, I was told a lot when I was a kid that um, I couldn't sing or, you know, like a lot of the times in my family, I was always the songwriter or, you know, this or that. I was never the singer. And that always bothered me so mm. much. And, you know, I'm not the greatest singer. I don't think that about myself. I... I can write, and I know that I can write. And I know that I can tell my story, and only I can tell my story. So that drives me, mm. you know. I, I want to be good enough for myself so that other people feel good enough for themselves. That is the perfect place to put the button on this discussion. <laughs> um, we are so glad that you took the time to come down here and share a little bit of your story. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Julia Michaels. Thank you. That was my conversation with Julia Michaels. Such a bright light, her willingness to be open about herself. And I hope you got a sense of her growing self-confidence as a writer and artist. You know, no one comes to songwriting or performing fully formed. And it's always interesting to listen and watch as artists evolve in their craft. I'm getting a t-shirt made that says, Dare to Suck. Words to live by. So that was your required listening for today. We'll be here twice a week with new episodes. And if you happen to be in downtown Los Angeles, please come visit us at the Grammy Museum. We've got 30,000 square feet of exhibits and interactive displays that will engage your eyes and your ears. Go to our website at grammymuseum.org for all the information. You'll also find a list of our upcoming public programs. I'd love to keep the conversation going, so feel free to hit us up on all the social platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Grammy Museum. Send us your thoughts and comments using hashtag required listening. Like us on Facebook at Grammy Museum. And follow us on Instagram at Grammy Museum. Finally, thanks to the team that makes required listening happen. Jason James, Justin Joseph, Lynn Sheridan, Jim Canella, Kittrick Kearns, Miranda Moore, Jason Hoke, Nick Stump, and the entire team at How Stuff Works. For Required Listening, I'm Scott Goldman. Hold up. 